0: If it goes right it's a slice if it goes left it's a hook if it goes straight it's a miracle this is out of bounds if it's happening in the world of golf we're talking about it coverage debate discussion pro golf and local golf let's do it this is out of bounds and here are your hosts nate sharman and josh Derso.
1: All right, welcome back to the Out of Bounds podcast. I'm Josh Derso, joined by Nate Sharman on the Monday after a soggy Masters championship. Uh, man, Nate, what a weekend. Absolutely awesome weekend for golf, right?
0: Yeah, a lot of fun. You know, John Rahm is your 2023 Masters champion. And right, you're right, it was certainly a soggy weekend on, on Saturday, a little bit of it on Sunday morning too. We ended up getting uh, tw- at least about 27 holes of golf in on Sunday. So what a marathon golf day it was. Especially for that final group. We'll talk a little bit more about how that even made it more of a marathon with some slow play on Sunday. We'll get into that. But um yeah, yeah John Rahm captures his second major championship of his career. And uh his fourth win this season now has massed over $13 million in earnings for this year on tour. What an unbelievable performance by John Rahm. Looked like it was Brooks Kepka's tournament to win, you know, Friday's Friday into Saturday into Sunday morning. Brooks faltered. You know, shot seventy five on that final Sunday. John yeah. Rom took advantage of that, shot sixty nine to uh, secure the victory, and it was pretty drama free down the stretch as uh, John Rom had a pretty good lead on the last yeah, few holes.
1: You know, the one, the one thing that I kept thinking of as we were coming down the stretch there, um, seeing Brooks start to falter. You know, had he not, and had we seen. Um, Brooks win and win by a couple stroke margin. I think everybody would have everybody's focus would have turned back to Friday when he got to play in absolutely gorgeous weather right. in the morning, and then everybody else just had to play in a monsoon. You yeah. know, a few hours later,
0: John Hamm um, got that bad draw. He had to play in that yeah. quote unquote monsoon, right? And he he still he I think it was like a you lost like two or three strokes on the field if you had that bad that late or that early late draw where he had yeah. to play in some of those soggier conditions, like you were saying, Josh and, and John Rahm overcame that he overcame a four putt on the first hole and he made double bogey and It just didn't seem like there wasn't much he could overcome uh, uh, this week and uh, winning the maze, winning the masters.
1: I, yeah. I mean, I, I think it, it kind of puts to rest the comparison between him and Scotty Scheffler. Yep. Um, you know, I think when it comes down to it, they're, they're the the most similar in terms of you know how good they are right. in overall sense. But when we're talking about who the most dominant golfer is in golf right now, yeah. it's John Rahm and that's it.
0: It's so cool with Rom too, between Rom and Scheffler, they just both do it so differently. Like if you were to take two really elite golfers and two opposites of each other, you have John Rahm on one side, Scheffler on the other. Scotty Scheffler, not a guy that really shows much emotion. John Rahm has done a really good job kind of Channeling in his emotions in the last few years, that's something that plagued him early in his career. Yeah. Uh, Scotty, though, I I don't want to talk too much about him in the Masters, but we saw him really showing his emotions uh, during the tournament. He was oftentimes, you know, getting really mad at himself, whether it be himself, his caddy, or his other coaches, which is something really interesting on Scotty Scheffler. So definitely something we should keep track of here as we play through this um, PGA Tour season. Kind um, of a little bit different, Scotty, last week.
1: Yeah, and I also think that that's the Scotty that we're going to see right. more of while the expectations are as great as they are. I think also, you know, being the defending Masters champion coming in, yes. That adds to it a little bit. I'll be very interested to see how how all of these guys, the you know, your top 10, top 15, how they look this coming weekend. Um, you know, rebounding right off of Right off of a major right into an elevated event right um, will Scotty in this case go back to kind of that carefree, very relaxed approach that we've seen him uh, we've seen him carry over the last three months or will it be a bit of that on edge not quite comfortable, always a little almost seemed agitated throughout the weekend right um, is that going to be what we see? So it'll yeah, be, that is it'll gonna be interesting really- to watch.
0: Don't usually see a lot of the players having to play the week after the Masters, right? And This year, we got an, an elevated event at Town for the RBC Heritage, which we'll get into. I ended up that slow play earlier in the episode, Josh, and yeah. I kind of want to talk about it. Because the the one of the, a lot of problems swerving around Patrick Cantlay, he was in that second-to-last group with Victor Hovland on Sunday morning, or Sunday afternoon, excuse me, played really well in the morning to kind of get himself in that spot. And they played about a five-hour round. I would say the leaders, you know, Brooks and Rom, had to wait on every single shot, especially on that back nine. They were waiting at least five minutes on a lot of tee boxes too. So that's something I I think is a real problem if the game can go that way. And it seems like Cantlay he's done his done this kind of pace of play issue before. And I'd love to get your thoughts on it. I know you don't like slow play, Josh.
1: I I don't like slow play, and I think it's bad for the game of golf, and and worse for the game of golf when professionals. Yeah, Um, are the ones uh, exhibiting that behavior. It just it it sets a bad example. Now, um, Patrick Hantley seems to be the guy that, you know, a lot of folks have pointed to who watch a ton of of tour golf. And he is one of the he is one of the the offenders, we'll say, Um, you know, it just comes down to the tour needing to step up and and enforce the rules that exist. You know, we've got rules. We don't need more rules. Um, When it's affecting the group behind him, and I also saw quite a bit late last night and then this morning, um, some of the in-between TV shots of of Victor Hovland, and it looked like it was starting to affect him as well. Yeah, he had some Um,
0: bad body language moments towards Canale.
1: Yeah. And I think that's just kind of the, the sign when it's not just, you know, the, the guys that are, you know, leading the tournament and have everything on the line behind them when it's the guy they're actually playing with, you know, that's when you really, I think you have to, you got to figure out a way to start enforcing those types of things because, you know, that is just how it doesn't create animosity between players like that we like visible animosity that winds up bubbling over in other types of is beyond me. Like, I honestly don't know because it's real money for these people. Right. It's not like, you know, we're not talking about like the, the weekend skins game at your, at your Muni, like this is their livelihood. So I just, I, I don't know. I I can't see a scenario where the PGA tour can't, um, can keep looking the other way on this. I don't know. What do you think? Like, is it just an enforce, an enforcement enforcement issue now?
0: Yeah. I agree with that. They have to find a way to put these guys on the clock. Right. And it's gotta be enforced and and it's hard to make that fair. I know that I think that's why they struggle with it, especially at the masters, but they got to make sure these guys are playing. I mean, you take a look at Brooks, that's a guy who he's talked about slow play and how he doesn't like it. You know, you, you watch the broadcast, he gets up and hits it. And he's pretty much ready all the time. And it's might be a reason why he shot that big 75 number on Sunday. You know, I don't really want to direct, you know, all that towards the slow play, but it definitely gets in his head a little bit too. So uh, one thing was cool about Brooks. He was talking about it a little bit after the round. Don't have the direct quote, but one, he didn't really point fingers directly. You know, he was more disappointed with his play, obviously. So he's not going to blame it on anything. But um, he said, I think John Ron went to the bathroom seven or eight times during the round. You know, just because they had so much time in between some T boxes, where you know John's trying to keep the focus on, so he's using the bathroom seven or eight times. I I love that quote. You're always going to get good stuff out of Brooks. So, uh yeah, that's definitely a really big problem. I I think they got to figure out.
1: He's honest, if nothing else. Uh, yeah, that's for sure. Speaking of Brooks, um, we need to talk about all these live guys and yeah. how well they played, obviously, but. You know, the big question I think for coming out of this weekend for Brooks Kepka even though he didn't win um is does he regret going to live? What are your thoughts there?
0: Yeah, I've been thinking about this a lot. I think it was after the second round he said he, his decision would have been tougher if he was healthy at the time, you know, at that time that Live offer came through. Yeah. He just got off a knee surgery, so you don't really know if you're ever going to be better again, you know, you kind of have that down mindset. Yeah. And I don't I don't think I want to say that he regrets his decision because we know Brooks is that guy that doesn't really care to play a lot of PGA Tour events. You know, I don't really know if he would be big on these elevated events, right? Having to play this many times a year. So now he can go over to live, play a little bit less golf. We're seeing that schedule expand a little bit though, but see, he'll play a little bit less golf, come play in the majors, contend, and just kind of do his Brooks Kepka thing. So I don't know if he necessarily regrets it, but I would love to see that decision and what it would be made if, if he was fully healthy, if he got asked, you know, today, if he was going to live. You know, I bet you he had a lot of fun playing against some of the best guys in the world this weekend, but I would love to see it if he would come back to the PGA tour, obviously, but I don't think he regrets it. I really don't.
1: That was, you know what, my big takeaway from this whole weekend with the live guys was just that, um, how natural it felt, how normal it felt to have all of them back in the fold and just, you know, after the first couple days of, of pressers, like Tuesday, Wednesday, We're all wrapped up. Media days were wrapped up Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you know, whether it was uh, Phil Mickelson, whether it was Brooks, um, any of the any of those guys. was just normal. It was like, you know, we want we wound back the clock two years and it was just normal run of the mill. You know, they were out there. They were playing. They competed. They played incredibly well. And, you know, at the end of the day we got exactly what we expected to get out of these guys who were, and obviously still are um, among the best in the world. Right. So, you know, I, I was, it was more of a feel thing to me looking at a guy like Brooks, you know, does he regret his decision going to live? No, I agree. I don't think he regrets his decision going to live, but I think all of these guys might've gotten a little bit of a taste yeah, of what sure. They're missing. And I think you heard it a lot, especially in some of Phil's remarks after Sunday. Um, It was very much uh, a different tone. Like we've heard these guys with almost a combative tone, you know, toward the tour and toward, you know, the guys that are playing on this side. And and it was the exact opposite of that. It was appreciative. It was respectful. It was almost like, you know, I don't want to call it a victory lap. But it felt a bit like in Phil's case, at least the uh, old guard paying respect to the thing that he, you know, spent his entire life playing like the Masters was it was was so important to him for so long. And obviously it still is. He played incredibly well. Um, But yeah, that's it's just uh, I think in that regard, as a golf fan, I was a little bit disappointed because, you know, you're coming out of Sunday. And you want so badly to see all of these guys playing next week in the RBC because you know, you know, maybe not all 18 who played would be in that top, you know, 50 plus ties that would be considered right. for elevated events, but a good chunk of them would. Yeah. And it would just, it would be, it would be better for the game of golf if they were there. And that's oh, for all sure. there is to, yeah.
0: it. All I mean, there's to it. I mean, we've said this on this podcast a lot, but you can't, look at the top 50 guys in the world and just exclude four or five of them for no reason, just because they played yeah. the live tour. It's like you said, Josh, it's bad for the game of golf. I think. And, and having these guys was, it was a good breath of fresh air. You know, you take a look at the numbers. I think there was three of them in the top five between Reed Mickelson and Yeah, I think 12 of 18 of them made the cut. Cameron Smith was a little bit around. He's played kind of poor towards the weekend. Yeah. Um, and you know, we, we made this joke, right? That how are they gonna be able to play four rounds? Right? Well, Mickelson and Reed both played really well on Sunday. You can make that argument for Brooks that he kind of ran out of gas, right? For that fourth round, but got tired of waiting. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that could be part of it, but (laughs) Phil with that 65, what a magical round, especially when he ripped off a bunch of those birdies on the back nine at on the back nine at Augusta a so freaking fun to watch him play and watch him play. Well, he looks quite a bit different, doesn't he? Uh,
1: Oh, I mean, immensely different. I mean, he's he obviously he shed a ton of weight. Um, you or know, you some play golf, that's for sure. Some have said he's aged a bit. You know, I look at him as more of like, a, you know, he seems to be getting into that phase of life where you start to um, realize that you have to take care of yourself. Right. Can't just do whatever you want. And he wants to try to extend himself as long as he can. He did make an interesting remark afterward that um, when he was going through that sort of gratitude list that he had after after Sunday's round um you know pointing out and I think this was pointing toward Tiger where he he made mention of the fact that he hasn't had any serious injuries that have you know really like made it difficult for him to maintain him himself so that he can continue to play well into his 50s so I think you know in general it's it's a cool uh, it, it's a cool thing to see and hopefully you know we do I do hope now, especially after this past week, that we get to a point where the live players can cross over and play in the tour or there is some kind of hybrid series of events where um, we
0: intermingle because
1: it's it's
0: it's the best product. One more question on live before we move on. Do you think this showing from live validates them at all as a golf league?
1: I, and you know what? I, I thought about this a bit and I, I don't think it changes anything. I don't think I so, think. Really. I think the your hardcore anti-live folk, your hardcore pro-live folk are going to feel exactly as they did before this weekend happened. Um, I don't think it changes everything I think like politics most of most people who were in the middle on this who didn't really feel super strongly one way or another saw what what everybody saw which was that they're still among the best in the world and they can still hang. Does that last forever? You know, does does Brooks Kepka continue to be able to Uh, play with the best in the world if he's only playing against the PGA tour guys four times a year. Um, And can younger players come up through the live system and be able to compete with the PGA tour guys? Those are like the two questions that I have. Not so much about current live guys being able to um, compete because they were just competing with against these guys last year or the year before that.
0: Right. And you know, keep talking about these, these young players, right? We had an amateur play well in this event, Sam Bennett, the uh, Texas A&M student athlete. He shot 68, 68, the first two days played with Scotty Scheffler, right? You know, the, the winner of the previous masters gets to play with the U S men's amateur champion. So, um, we're all interested in Sam Bennett, right? You know, the Scotty Scheffler group is a feature group with Max Homa and they go to this this amateur and he birdies one, which is a very challenging hole at Augusta, and he eagles two. So he goes birdie eagle to start the start the week. Great way at, to start uh, the Masters, which is pretty incredible. Uh, ends up like like I said, shoot 68-68. Struggles a little bit on the weekend. Shot seventy six on the third round, seventy four on the fourth round to finish uh, t sixteen in that top twenty. So the first amateur to sh- uh, be in the top twenty since Ryan Moore back in twenty sixteen. So uh, pretty pretty good um, odds for the uh, the amateur there. One thing I want to talk about with him, though, is some of his his uh, remarks after the second round. You know, we shot 68-68. 68 was a couple back at Kepka and you know Rom after that second round, and he was talking about you know they were he was saying he was going to be able to chase down the leaders. You know, I've done this before. You know, I played in big tournaments like this and and been able to come back and and control them. And everyone was kind of like, whoa, this is really interesting remarks from the amateur. Even went on to say, it's golf, not a golf swing. I've done the right things this week. I'm more experienced than these other guys talking about the other amateurs. And he definitely backed up his play. I mean, all the other amateurs missed the cut. So he was a low amateur in the tournament. Oh, yeah. But what do you have to say about Sam Bennett's comments, you know, after that second round?
1: Talk that talk. Yeah. I like it. You know, like we, we, we don't mind. We know bad and I, when, you know, when we listen to pros who aren't John Rom, who aren't Max Homa, who aren't Scotty Scheffler, you know, talk a little smack and we think it's awesome um i saw a lot of you know i saw a lot of people online kind of you know pushing back on on the amateur just because he's an amateur just saying that stuff just because he's an amateur i you know like to me i like it it's if we're talking about growing the game making the game a little more interesting a little more fiery a little more peppery you need that stuff right like you you need that kind of like bulletin board material of nothing else um for the other guys who are playing around him and you know if he doesn't back it up if he just if his career, God forbid, just goes up in smoke over the next couple of years, well, so what? Then him saying what he said the Masters will definitely be the thing that people remember. But right. if he's able to turn around and back it up um, and, you know, do something over the next two to three years, which it seems he will. I don't think anybody could look at his game, what oh, he's yeah. done exactly. over the last two years now in late collegiate and then this in the Masters. And say that this guy isn't going to be a force to be reckoned with in the next two to three years.
0: Right. He's already just, 23 years old. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him go pro here pretty soon. Yeah. You know, there's no reason for him to really keep playing college golf, right? He's already 23 years old. So I expect to see Sam Bennett's name on the leaderboards. Uh, one thing I don't like, another thing I don't really like about him is he's a little bit slow, he takes oh, yeah. a lot of time over the golf ball which it's, if you remember the men's amateur for last year, that was a big, big talking point Huge. between him because yep. he takes a really long time to play. And, and that's something we've been talking about with slow play this week. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens with him. He's got to find a way to kind of pick up the place a little bit because he does stand over the golf ball for a good amount of time.
1: Everybody. Yeah. And that again, back Everybody. to the, back to the issue of the PGA tour really just needing to, to get a hold on this thing Agreed. and, and get that fixed. Um, Tiger. Poor guy.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. he did the cut though. He battled. He really did battle in those first two rounds he had you yeah. know, due to the rain. He had to come out early on Saturday morning. <laughs> Temperature was in the forties. It was pouring rain. He was able to shoot a couple over par that day and, and get in that three over. He got a little help from his friend, Justin Thomas, who was able to, he, he really finished even way more poorly than tiger yeah. able to finish and move that cut line to three over to accept tiger into that cut so now tiger 23 appearances as a pro at the masters he's made the cut every single time undefeated that's pretty pretty darn impressive the only time he's missed the cut is when he was an amateur there at the masters really long time ago so pretty impressive by tiger he did end up withdrawing from the tournament on that third round they suspended play for the day at about three o'clock on saturday so on sunday morning they were going to come out at 8 30 and play again it was in the 40s and some chances of rain and Tiger reaggravated that plantar fasciitis on Saturday. We we saw the clips of him going around, of really struggling to even walk, to so yeah. end up withdrawing. Which I think is a is a great move from Tiger. Why go play on Sunday in, in the terrible weather with with that reaggravated plantar fasciitis when you don't really need to? You know, you have so many strokes off the lead. What's really the point of him going back out there and, and trying?
1: Yeah, and why play? Uh, what would have been I think like 27 or 29 holes.
0: Yeah, it would have been a lot of holes. I mean, he that he would have just him.
1: been there. I don't think even if the weather were, even if it were eighty-five degrees and sunny, I don't know that he would have been able to make that happen in one. Yeah, he reacted right that plant
0: fasciitis. We saw him on seventeen up that hill. He could, he was really barely walk, walk. Yeah. up the hill. So, but it's just good to see him back. And you know, you know, we're gonna have the next major championship, the PGA, in May here in our backyards in Rochester, New York. Do you think he comes to Rochester in May to play?
1: Yeah, I no and i no. think i i think i said it to you a couple of weeks ago on the pod here i don't think he's going to play yeah i don't i i think rochester new york in may um
0: well, i think it's really course too it's not flat
1: yeah and frankly i think you have a better chance of getting the kind of weather that we saw saturday and sunday right uh at augusta
0: also could three, be 80, or, three, three or four days area. a week next right. couple of days up here is going to be 80 so you really don't know and especially in rochester in may
1: the odds are certainly better of us having four straight days of 50 to 55 degrees and cloudy and rain mm-hmm. that first week of May, then it is getting, you know, three or four straight days of 70 to 80 degrees, which I think is probably optimal for him. Like, I think that 70 to 85 degree range is where he wants to be playing his golf at this point in his career. It's so
0: much easier to activate his body when it's warm like that.
1: Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't think he's going to play the PGA, and also I just don't think he hasn't historically played that well at Oak Hill. So I don't, I don't think there's any reason for him to go there. Do you think? Right. Do you think there's a chance we see him?
0: I think uh, I, I'm a little bit more optimistic than you. I'm about the about that 50-50 chance that he can play. The weather is certainly big. We'll just see how he trends with that plantar fasciitis. I mean, the PGA is not far away, right? It's you know a month away or six weeks away. So. Yeah. We'll see that coming up quick. Hopefully we'll hear some news out of Tiger Woods' camp. They asked his they asked him or the, his agent, I should say, if he was going to play the PGA Championship. He said we're taking it day by day. So we'll, we'll see if Tiger plays what we hope to play because we'll be in attendance at uh, Oak Hill Country yeah. Club in, in Rochester here pretty soon.
1: Yeah, and one thing I will say about the uh the PGA Championship, I hope for everybody's sake that the broadcast is better than what we got this yeah. past week. Good Lord. So your thoughts on the broadcast, TV quality, what what were you watching and what maybe left you a little disappointed?
0: So first off, I'll preface it with this, this is the Masters, so you're just not going to see as much TV coverage as you are for any other tournament. The Masters does a really, I guess, really good job might be not the right term, but they really can limit what is being shown. You know, they only have coverage four or five, four or five at the max hours a day, you know, they, all their other coverage comes from the feature groups on um, Masters app, which is incredible, by the way. We'll get yeah. to talking about the Masters app here in a little bit. But I had a really big problem with a, a bunch of other golf fans did, too, on Saturday. They had to finish their round in the morning, which they televised the second round. And then they went back out for the third round. The leaders teed off at about 1.30 p.m. Broadcast coverage didn't start till 3 p.m. So you could not watch the Masters, the final group, excuse me, um, on TV until 3 o'clock, about into the back nine at that point. And yep. then they they didn't put the group in feature groups. So Brooks and Kepka and Sam Bennett was playing. Actually, no, Sam Bennett wasn't playing with them. They were playing essentially in the dark. I felt like I was in the Stone Ages. I had to go, you know, on surfing Twitter. I'm searching kind of the results to try to find some live kind of look ins and stuff, videos yeah. and stuff like that. Because it's just ridiculous. You couldn't you couldn't turn on your TV and watch them, which really made me mad because that's all I wanted to do at that point at one thirty on Saturday was watch the leaders play golf.
1: That is literally everything, and I don't care what tournament it is. I I don't care what the circumstances are. In 2023, with golf having the amount of energy that it has, the focus of every single network, tournament director, and anybody else who has any say about what's being broadcast where, the focus needs to be put as much golf in as many places as possible, period. Agreed all of the good you mentioned how awesome the app was the the app experience the app and the website were great if you wanted to follow an individual player it was fantastic but if you just wanted an all-inclusive broadcast quality experience you couldn't get it anywhere except for in the windows when it was on and what's made worse by this is the weather the weather made everything worse because by the time it finally came on friday and saturday i believe play was called and and suspended for the day within an hour of the broadcast beginning.
0: That is about 15 minutes. Yeah. So everyone griped about it not being on and then 15 minutes of it on, they're calling it.
1: So, I, I mean, that is just, it can't happen. I understand it's the Masters. They play by their own rules. I get it. But if you're the game of golf and you don't want the Masters to evolve, like kind of be relegated into this weird hoity-toity event that casual golf fans can't get behind, then you need to do something very different. You need to get, you need to make it more engaging period.
0: Yeah. And it just needs to show more golf. If you want to watch a certain player, it's awesome. You know, you can see every single player, they, every single shot they hit every single day and they have AI narration. Now, did you have a chance to look at that? Yeah,
1: I did. It's, it's interesting. Like all of those things are so interesting because they're different and they're, pushing the envelope, but it's like you're pushing the envelope in areas where you don't need to, because really the only thing anybody wants is like more complete broadcast coverage. Right. And-
0: I should be able to just turn my TV on and watch the golf. I shouldn't have to go on the app. I mean, the app to watch some, some of it's okay. You know, watching some feature groups on Thursday morning, eight o'clock. I understand that that all can't be on the broadcast, but I want to watch the the final group on Saturday play their first cup, the first nine, you know, that I, I don't think that's too much to ask for to be able to turn on your TV and watch it.
1: Yeah. And even even more frustrating is seeing that, you know, we go to suspended play and we've got Jim Nance or whoever's calling on, I believe, Friday. And then on Saturday, again, we've got hours of coverage where they've clearly been calling it like.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: You, you've you've stocked away this stuff when you could have just been broadcasting it live. Like but I right don't want to jump. watch at that
0: point because it already happened. Like yeah, I like it's over. I've been selling so, around on the Masters app, so I know that he makes par here. Right. I don't need to watch it.
1: So it's just like that's the that kind of stuff really needs to be addressed. I don't want to harp on it beyond right. that too much. Um, you know, I, I think the technical stuff that they added is cool. I know you like the AI. Yeah, the AI is fun. I like the AI. It's different. It's kind of like I don't know how much of a long term application that really has, but you know, it's it's nice if you're not necessarily staring at the screen all the time to still get the audible breakdown of like what's happening. Right. Right. So I don't know. that'll I, only get better kind of it is too. It is. You know, it mispronounces
0: yeah. a lot of names. You know, it says Scotty Schieffler instead of Scotty Scheffler. Right. And stuff <laughs> like that. But that can only get better. It's the first year they've ever done AI narration. So I, I thought it was pretty successful for their for their first go around.
1: And um, you almost had a great uh, weekend, uh, with a, a little bit of betting on on what was going down. Obviously, you had Brooks.
0: Yep, I had Brooks. I had five bucks on Brooks plus forty four hundred. Your friends and me, you know, I was talking about it all day, and then Sunday it was just kind of pain watching him kind of not play well, and he didn't make a single putt, didn't hit very good shots. <laughs> so we'll have to try again next time on that. Um, but. It's another week and Nate picked another loser outright winner. So we'll we'll wait to see when I can get my first one this year.
1: That'll happen. Uh we did get a little bit of breaking news this morning. Uh Will Zalatoris, uh, who withdrew before his first round actually began, announced that he underwent uh back surgery. Uh fairly, I don't want to call it a super serious procedure because it's not, but it is one that's going to require him to miss the remainder of the season. Uh, He said in a tweeted statement that he was most likely going to be back by the fall. I think so. Yep. So he said he looked forward to seeing everyone in the fall, which I I think means he's going to be back. So, you know, I guess hopefully good. Right. Because I think biggest fear with, with watching him over the last couple of years has just been, you know, you're seeing kind of the Jason day signs, where you're worried about his long-term because he's such a, he's such a good personality for the game. Right. Um, and obviously a a great player. player. Yeah. You just hate to see, you'd hate to see that kind of situation replay itself. Um, but what are your, what are your thoughts on the, the Zelotor situation?
0: It's good to see him step back and get that surgery, right. Not try to play through it. I know it's yeah. really hard to shut yourself down for, you know, a huge part of the season. You know, we're not far into it. But it's good that he made that decision and hopefully he gets better off of it because like you said, Josh, we're going to miss him on the tour. Really good personality, really good player of the game too. So definitely going to miss him on tour. But all I got to say is just good luck, with, Good luck, Will, and hopefully you get back soon. We'd like to see you on tour.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, we also saw Rory withdrew from the RBC Heritage this weekend. That's the first. I would assume there's going to be a couple more with uh, withdrawals. Um, only because of the Masters and I don't know how many of the guys are gonna necessarily want to jump right back in. This might be one of the weeks where they flex that one week that they can miss. Maybe yeah, but
0: Rory's already done that this year. He missed the century early in the year, an elevated event. Yeah. And now he's missing another elevated event. What we heard was that you could only miss one. Yeah. So is Rory hurt? You know, he didn't play well at the Masters, obviously, with that missed cut is Rory just doesn't want to play because, I mean, he's Rory McIlroy. They're not going to reprimand him at all. You would know for sure. So it's going to be really interesting to see in these next couple of days if Rory's got an injury because that would really be sad and really be tough for the uh, tour if Rory has to undergo any of surgery.
1: Yeah, absolutely. and can't reprimand the commissioner. You can't yeah. reprimand the de facto commissioner of the PGA Tour. All right. Hey, that is going to do it for this edition of Out of Bounds. We'll be back on Wednesday with a preview of the RBC Heritage. You can follow us on TikTok and Instagram for more golf news. And be sure to subscribe to our new YouTube channel. As always, whether it's down the middle or out of bounds, keep on swinging.
0: You've been listening to Out of Bounds if it's coverage debate or discussion of pro and local golf we'll be talking about it be sure to visit the website at fingerlakes1.com find us on tiktok instagram and twitter at out of bounds fl1 see you next time on out of bounds